Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Great, great. Just one little thing. I'm not actually English, yeah? I don't want to get into a fight with you because you look like you could actually take me. But I am um, Scottish, yeah? And yes... Thanks for clapping that. That's made me feel great. Yeah, Scottish, not English. From England, that is true. I live in England. I'm married to an English lady. And, you know, I've had to do that for Jesus. And, (laughs) but no, 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 it's great. Really amazing to be here. And um, really sense the presence of God. And absolutely brilliant. Um. I, uh, I went to Bible college and then I was a preacher and then God kind of did a whole load of stuff for me. You see, when I was a young guy, I used to live in Musselburgh, which is just outside Edinburgh. And I used to go up every summer to the Edinburgh Fringe. Now, the Edinburgh Fringe is the largest comedy festival in the world. And I used to go up there and... At 16, 17 years old, I would hear these comedians absolutely ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. I would hear comedians abusing the Christian faith, laughing about Jesus on the cross, doing all these jokes that were horrendous about the faith of Christianity. And I remember as a 16-year-old boy sitting there and saying, one day... I'm going to be on that stage and I am going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift his name up. And um, amazingly, uh, I've had that privilege of going and doing a comedy show right next to Princess Street, right next to the Edinburgh Castle and right there in that venue. And lots of people coming in, having lots of laugh, lots of humor, but then being able to put the cross right in that center place and seeing people impacted by God. And it's such a privilege. And that's why I loved coming on Friday night. This church has been so kind. Thank you so much for looking after me. You have done amazing and I'm feeling blessed as I go from here. And I just feel like I've got something in my heart to say. Now, I wanted to kind of just mention this little card here that I've got. Is that every week I send out a little email that just kind of tells people where I am in the world, what I'm doing, because I've been finding that I'm in front of 80, 90% of the crowd are not yet Christian. And I'm up there and I'm trying to do my bit for Jesus and it's pretty scary. And so God said to me, Mark, try and get people that will pray for you and that will just put a little prayer in. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind getting a little email, I keep them really short because I don't want people to get bored, so I keep them really short. If you would be like, do you know what, I would like that, then at the end, come and speak to me, I'll give you a card, and I'd absolutely love that. Amazing. Is that cool? Is everybody all right? Good, good, good. Um, I love that I'm here on this dedication Sunday. I was thinking about my own kids. I've got two kids. Jordan is my son, and Kezia is my daughter. And I remember when we dedicated our kids. 
I remember I read this book that was an American book. God bless America. And uh, I read this book and basically it was about this preacher who took his kid everywhere he went preaching. And his son would sit on the front row and his son would be like, Dad, can I be like you when I grow up? And I remember reading this thinking, I want this, yeah? And this is like, says, Dad, is it okay if I call you sir? You know, when I call their dad sir. And I'm thinking, I want that. My son to call me sir, yeah? I've seen how the Wayne's kids speak to him. And I don't think they say sir. I've not heard you say sir. Maybe they do. Um, but um, I was like, Wow. So at the time, my son was 15, and I got the chance to preach in front of like 3,000 people in Birmingham. It was kind of a big deal, and uh, I took my son along. He sat on the front row. The whole time, he was yawning, yeah? Just yawning, just like, God Channel were at the event, and they were all going along, and people were like, oh, and my son's like, oh, how boring is this preacher, yeah? And so... I did a pretty good job. It went really well for me. And then the organizer said, Mark, we've got this little side room. We'd love you to come in the side room and answer some questions to the leaders. There's about 60 leaders. I'm like, yes, yeah, sure, I'll come. So I go in the side room and sure enough, the 60 leaders and I get my son in and I says, come on, Jordan. Blimey, look interested, yeah? I was like, so he's sitting there. And I'm trying and answering all these questions. And then I see a little table with tea and coffee on it. And in front, while I'm answering these questions, I just turn to my son and I says, Hey son, how about you jump up and get your dad a coffee? Yeah? And in front of all these leaders, my son said, Hey, how about you jump up and get it yourself? So <laughs> Honestly, there was like a synchronized buttock clench, yeah? You know when everyone, about 40 people went to get me coffee, yeah? It was like horrendous. And on the way home, I'm like, oh, come on, Jordan, come on. How about you jump up and get it yourself? My son sat there and he turned to me and says, Dad, God has told me to keep you humble. And I was like, oh, do not clap that. And, uh, and I sat there and I went, oh, is that right? I says, well, that's good because God has told me to keep you in poverty. So it's all going to work out, you little, little blessing. Yeah. So yeah, our kids can bless us now and again. Yeah. But not, not that often. Um, so I wanted to pray for you at the end of this Chat, I want to pray for you. I want to take that prayer from the same um, prayer that Paul did in Ephesians chapter 3. And that's where I wanted to take the prayer from. I feel passionate in my heart that I want to pray for you. I want to, at the end, call on God for you, for your situation. I am desperate to see God move on your behalf. And Paul, he did a prayer in Ephesians 
where he prayed for them and it was powerful. Um, Mason was like saying that we were like swapping stories. He has got some amazing stories. I was really laughing. I love everywhere I go to hear stories. And a preacher told me that he called people to the front at his church. And about six people came to the front. And he put his hand on the first guy's head and he prayed this passionate prayer. He prayed this powerful prayer and then he took his hand off to then pray for the second person and as he took his hand off, the guy's wig was stuck to his hand, yeah? Stuck to his hand. And then he had to make the decision, does he try to get it off? Or does he, he just kept it on and just prayed for every single other person? The little bit of wiggage, yeah? Just a little bit. Just praying for them that they have a full head of hair. We, maybe we could pray for some of the leaders that they would have a full head of Oh, I'm on dodgy ground here. Um, Ephesians chapter 3. This is like what Paul prayed. Incredible. In verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Amen. Paul is praying over the Ephesians. Three different prayers. And I want to pray these prayers over you. The first thing is that you would be open to his flow of supernatural strength. That you would open up to God's flow of supernatural strength. You see, I am so aware today. That in a room like this, there's all different challenges going on. There's all different circumstances. I was praying over the last couple of days and asking God, what kind of things are going on in people's lives? I know that there are people that have got big challenging jobs and you've got difficult decisions coming up this week. Some people have got hard conversations going on this week. Some people have got responsible jobs and you're stressing out and you're not able to sleep. Some people that are in relationship difficulties that are really causing you lots of turmoil and lots of worry and lots of stress. Some people in the room that are feeling like they're absolutely at the last ebb. Somebody in the room today is maybe not able to sleep. And maybe is it a place in the life where they're like, I don't know how much more I can take of this. 
You know, I would love to be one of those preachers that comes and says that God, with his big magic wand, is just going to take all your struggles and all your troubles away. But that is not how it works. God does not come and just kind of throw his magic dust out and take all our problems away. But what God does do is God can give us that inner strength. God can give you the inner power that whatever you're facing this week, you can be energized by the power and glory of God. That whatever struggle, whatever difficulty, whatever challenge you're facing, you can know, wow, the inner power of God. Amen. Wow, I'm enjoying my own preaching here. I mean, I need you to know that God can give you that fuel. He can fuel you up so that you can get through some of the difficult things that you are facing. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. He may strengthen you. Oh, I wish I could come and I wish I could call you to the front and put my hand on your head and say all your financial difficulties will be taken away in an instant. Maybe that's not going to happen today. But what can happen is that God can give you the strength and energy to get through this week, to make good decisions and make good choices and come through gloriously victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this because I know that I've got my challenges. I know that I've got my struggles. But I need you to know today, my friend, that there is no enemy or obstacle in our lives today that we cannot overcome through Christ. Wow. If you really get a grip of that sentence, you'll be like going out here on tiptoes, feeling like a giant. Because the truth is, is that while there is no obstacle, nothing in our life, no struggle that we cannot overcome through Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am, a few years ago, there's this thing in the UK where we do the three peaks. It's the three highest mountains in the UK. One in Scotland, one in England, and one in Wales. And the challenge is to try and do it in 24 hours. And it is incredibly difficult. And myself and my two friends, Nigel and Mike, we decided to do it. And we climbed the mountain in Scotland as the first mountain. Now, every piece of literature you hear about this, it tells you, make sure you've got a driver. Someone that will drive you to the three mountains. But we were kind of macho and we kind of thought that we knew better and that we would drive ourselves. That was a massive mistake, yeah? Because we were so tired. But we climbed the mountain of Scotland and we got to the top of the mountain of Scotland. And I don't know if you know this, but God is Scottish. And so, I don't know why you're laughing at that. That was a theological point. And we were at the top of the mountain in Scotland and the air was beautiful. I think there were angels. I think I saw angels. I think the chariots of fire were taking me all over the mountain. It was beautiful. Then I came down from the bottom, got to the bottom, got into the truck. Then we drove to England, yeah? 
and then halfway up the mountain in England. God's called me to be a missionary in England amongst the pagan people of England, yeah? And it's a job that I've taken on very, very much to my heart. But I was walking up that mountain, and it was like 3 a.m., and this mountain we're climbing in England is horrible. The terrain is tough, and we were struggling. I don't know if you've ever been with someone where you are so tired and you've been with them for a long time that even the way they breathe annoys you. Have you ever had that? Some people nudging their wives saying, yeah, you. It's like, oh, these guys were doing my head in. They were not doing anything wrong, but we were so tired. And we're going up this mountain and it was so hard. And I was done. I was like, oh man, I don't know if I can keep on going. 10 past 3 in the morning, it's totally dark. We're tripping over this terrain. It was like we were done. And we stopped and we had like a fuel station. We got our food out of our bags and we ate our stuff. And we ate and we ate and we absolutely stuffed our faces with all these different gels and bread and, and all malt loaf and all this stuff to get re-energized. And we sat there and we drunk our like special drinks. And then after about 20 minutes, we sat there and we suddenly felt really different. You see... Wow, it didn't change what we had to face. We still had the same mountain to face. It didn't change that the mountain was tough. It didn't change that the walk was going to be different. But what was different was that inside of us, we felt fueled and we felt strengthened. And we were like, we can make the top of this mountain. And my friend, I want to say it to you again. Is that, wow, maybe you've been at church this morning. It's not going to change your circumstance. Maybe like there's not going to be some big move of the mountaintop for you today. But what might change is that by the power of God, the inner strength of the Lord, that you will go out from this place and you will be like, we can be victorious and we can get to the mountaintop. Amen. Amen. Wow. You know, we made it. Within 20, we did it in 23 hours, 42 minutes. We got to, oh, I've never been so tired in my whole life. I got to the end. Scotland, we did it. England, we did it. Wales, we did it. We got to the end. We all hugged each other. And then I shot both of them dead. Um, So my prayer is that you would be open. That's a joke, by the way. Don't chat to me in the foyer about it. <laughs> open to his flow of supernatural strength. The second thing that I want you to be is that I want you to be open to his superlative love. Open to his superlative love. Wow, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How long, how wide, how deep is the love of Jesus? That you would be open to his superlative love. You see, um, my mum and dad lived up in the north of Scotland for a while. Right up the top. Past Aberdeen. Right up in the highlands of Scotland. And I used to go up and visit them up there. And you might not know this, but up there, they've got these beautiful beaches up there. 
up in the north of Scotland. But nobody ever goes on them because it is freezing all of the time, yeah? And so we would love to go out walking on these beautiful white beaches, completely deserted, lovely. And I've got this kind of favorite beach that I would always go to. And then one year I went and and it was such a disaster. It was so shameful. But what had happened is a few young guys had got a car. They nicked the car and then they kind of joy rode around. And then they took it onto the beach and they set it on fire. And there it was, this horrible scar on the beach. You'd got this beautiful white beach and then you'd got this burnt out car and all these horrendous oil marks and everything on the lovely beach. And you know, my dad and me would sort of mutter about how terrible this was. But then I was up there once and there was a massive storm. And when Scotland does a storm, it really has a storm, yeah? It really goes for it. And we were out watching these waves and they were massive. These waves were huge. And we were enjoying the spectacle of this. But then a couple of days later, my dad and me were out on that beach again. And we were amazed at what we saw. You see, what happened is the waves were so big and so powerful that they had crashed down onto the beach. And they'd actually lifted up the wreckage and had taken the wreckage away. And there was not even a scar on the beach. There was not even the marks to show that there had been a wreckage there. It had completely wiped the beach completely clean. And friend, I want to say that every single one of us in this room, we've all got our brokenness. We've all got our wreckage. We've all got our stuff. You know today, you don't need a Scottish guy to come and tell you that you've got brokenness. You don't need a Scottish guy to come and tell you about the wreckage of your life. You know what your stuff is. But you know, I want you to know that more powerful than the horrendous scar on your life, more powerful than the wreckage that's so blatant on your soul, There is something way more powerful than that. And that is the powerful wave of God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness comes crashing over our souls and completely makes everything clean. Makes everything clean. Wipes away all the brokenness. Wipes away all the wreckage. Wipes away even the scar and the flaw on your soul. And wipes you and makes you completely clean. Amen. It's like, wow. You see, I'm so conscious that maybe there are people in today and you, uh, you've got some brokenness. I'm conscious that there might be some people in here that say, Mark, you don't know the wreckage on my soul. If you knew the wreckage that was on my soul, you wouldn't talk to me, Mark. If you knew the stuff I've been involved in, if you knew the mess. But I want you to know that no wreckage is bigger and greater than the wave of God's forgiveness. He wipes everything completely clean. 
I don't know if you guys had this in Australia, but in the UK, we had this thing called Etch-A-Sketch. Did you have Etch-A-Sketch with the little kids? Did you have that? Where the kids could draw anything and then they can wipe all their drawings off. Did you have that? That's good. That's good that it made it over here, yeah. And uh, I remember as a dad, what a nightmare that was when your little kid drew you something. My little daughter, Kezia, has drawn me something. And she comes and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And you're looking at it. And you do not have a clue what it is, yeah. You look at, do you remember this? You're looking and you're like, Oh, princess, you've drawn Daddy a giraffe. And she's like, no, oh, no, not a giraffe, a rocket. She's like, no. You're like, oh, trying to guess what it is. And then she's like, daddy, it's you. You're like, come on, grow up. That looks nothing like me, yeah? But you know, those little drawings that the kids attempted are able to be wiped away completely clear. And the Bible says that every one of us in this room, we all try to do our stuff. We try to be good people. We make our best efforts. But our best efforts are flawed. Our best efforts are messed up. But when Jesus died on the cross, that was like his blood washes us completely clean. All of our mess wiped away by the power of Jesus' blood. And you know, at the end, in a few minutes when I'm finished, I want to give people the opportunity that maybe today you're like, do you know what? I know that I've got wreckage on my soul. I know I'm messed up. I know I've got flaws. I I felt to say this because I felt God just say, you know, that crash, that wreckage, the oil marks, the scar of where the wreckage had been, And I feel that there's somebody in the room today and you've tried to let Jesus deal with the wreckage, but you still feel the scar deeply of the stuff that's happened to you. Now hear me right when I say this. I believe in counseling. I've been had counseling. I know great people that have had counseling. But I also want you to know, I believe in counseling, but I also believe that there are these moments that Jesus can come and he can wipe away everything, away all the scar, even the deep scar that you feel so acutely, he can wipe it away with the wave of the God's forgiveness. Amen. Here's the third thing. Not only do we want to be open to his supernatural strength, not only do we want to be open to his superlative love, but we want to be open To God's supreme power. Amen. God's supreme power. God is awesome. God is glorious. God is powerful. God can do way more than we can ever dream or imagine. And I want to remind you that when we come to God, we don't come to someone who's lacking in resource. We're not coming to someone who will try to help us, but he's not got a lot to resources. We're talking about powerful, awesome God. I want to challenge you at the end of this message that we would stand before God and that we would ask him for big things today. That we would... 
come in faith and believe that God would move by power. Amen. I want you to come before God and bring something audacious before Him. Something big, something large and believe that God will meet you. And I've got faith in my soul today to believe that some of you are going to ask God for something and God is going to move on your behalf in the powerful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, we've got to be open to a supreme power. Sometimes Christians get very good at explaining why people don't always get healed. Sometimes we become so good at explaining why God doesn't answer every prayer. And of course, we need that theology. And of course, we need to be rounded people. But I want to remind you that God is an awesome God. I want to remind you that God is a miracle working God. And that when we come before him, God can move and do way beyond our dreams or imaginations. I, um, when I was a young lad, I was 28. Um, an American guy saw me in the UK and invited me out to preach at his church. I went out to his church. I didn't realize this. There was 3,000 people in this church in America and I got the chance to preach, and it was really wonderful. And then they said, Mark, on Wednesday, we love what you're doing in the UK and doing evangelism. We want you to come to our missions board and present them some stuff and see if they can help you financially. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I prayed about it and thought about it, and I was like, do you know what? Ah. I believe God's given me, I had this little project that I was doing and I needed to ask God for it. 200 pound. That's like about $400, I guess, yeah? 200 pound. And I was like, I'm just going to ask for it. I'm going to say it straight. I'm going to not hold back. I'm going to ask. And I remember I was outside waiting to go in and I was kind of pacing around in the corridor and a lovely godly old gentleman came along and this godly man, he said, Mark, thank you so much for your preach on Sunday. I was like, no, no, that's great. It's such an honor. He goes, Mark, can I just ask you, what are you going to go in there and ask for? And I says, oh, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to ask them for 200 English pounds because I want them to help me with this project. And this lovely old gentleman put his hand on my shoulder and said, Mark, Mark, you've no idea who you're dealing with. This mission board is one of the largest mission boards in America. They've got huge resources. Mark, don't go in and ask them for 200 pound. If you go in and ask them for 200 pound, they'll give you 200 pound. Surely you've got something bigger inside of you than that. Ask them for something bigger. I went away and I prayed and I thought and I really like said, God, and we had this kind of um, project that we were doing with school kids and taking them away and preaching the gospel. And I went into that board and I stood and I was nervous and they asked me, what would you like to ask for? And I talked to them about the project and I said, I'd like to ask you for 10,000 pounds. 10,000, 20,000 dollars, 10,000 pounds. And they sat there and they said, let us just go away and pray about it. They went away for a few minutes. They prayed and they came back and they said, Mark, we would love to give you 10,000 pounds. 
And I stood there and I thought, oh, why didn't I ask for 20,000 pounds? Why didn't I ask for even bigger and greater? You see, friend, I want to say, when we pray in a few minutes, we're not coming before a God who's shuffling around trying to find a few coins in the bottom of his pocket. We're talking about God, the powerful one who is the creator, who made all things. I'm encouraging you that you come before God and you say, God, I want this healing. Or God, I want this for my family. Or God, I want this for my business. Or God, I want this for my relationships. And we come before an almighty God and we step back and watch what God will do. Amen. Watch what God will do. All that we would be open to his supreme power. Amen. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if this is what happens in this church. But is it possible for one or two musicians to come and join me? Is that okay? To, do, do you do that here? Or are you disgusted by the very thought of me asking that? Thank you, guys. In the UK, when you're preaching in these big churches, you're preaching your last point, And then suddenly there's a guy on a keyboard playing behind you. yeah, And that's like the church's way of saying... Okay, that's enough, yeah? We're done now, yeah? And I thought that was pretty rude until my wife, my wife's bought one for home, yeah? And she's got a keyboard. She starts to play it. Says, we're done here now, yeah? We're finished, yeah? It's time to stop. But no, I am going to stop. But you know what? I want us to be open, open to his wonderful blessing. And I wonder if we could bow our heads, close our eyes. So conscious, so conscious that there are people here with wreckage and brokenness. So conscious that there are people with scars on their soul. And the wave of God's forgiveness can come and wash over our heart and make it completely clean so what I'm going to do is this I'm going to pray a really short prayer and I'm going to invite you today that you pray after me don't say it out loud so people can hear but just pray it in your heart and then I'm going to say amen and ask us to keep our heads bowed and I'm going to count to three And I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, I want you just to raise up your hand. And I can see that hand. Someone's going to come and just slip something into your hand. Stick it under your chair. That is for you to have. But in this moment, the wave of God's forgiveness, washing over our soul, picking up the wreckage, the brokenness, This is the prayer. Why don't you pray it right now in your heart? Dear God, I am sorry about the wreckage. I'm sorry about my stuff. I'm sorry about my brokenness. I'm sorry about the mess. I receive your love now that it would wash over me and make me completely clean. Thank you for your forgiveness. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. As every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you on three to stick up your hand. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Just keep your hand up till the team just come and stick something in your hand. That is incredible. People all across the room. Father God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for people doing business with you today in this place. Hallelujah. Would you come? Would you come and would you wash over our souls? Would you pick up our brokenness? Would you pick up our heart? In Jesus' holy and beautiful name. Amen, amen. Well, church, before I hand back to the guys, I want to say I've got inside me a prayer of faith to believe that we would be open to God's supreme power. So I'm going to ask you, I don't know how it works here. This is maybe a bit wacky. I hope you can roll with me. But I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand. And when we stand, I'm going to invite you, if you're okay with this, to put your hands up in the air. And when your hands are up in the air, I'm going to ask you that you're believing for God, for something big, something audacious, something crazy, something that is out of your dream or your imagination. And we're going to ask God for incredible things. And we're going to see what God will do. Amen. Amen. Let's stand in His presence. As we stand in the presence of God. If you feel comfortable, do you mind raising your hands up towards God? If you feel okay, can you muster in your soul? Can you muster in your heart something that you're asking for God today? Can you pray for that healing? Can you believe God for that cancer? Can you believe God for that incredible move in your family? Can you believe God that that person that was once away from God will come back to know Him? Can you believe for a minute that God can turn around your business situation, your family situation? Can you believe for a moment that God will come and do a powerful thing? Father, we come before you now. And you are holy and powerful. And we pray, God, that you would come and you would bless us. And that you would change things in the wonderful name of Jesus. We ask of you that you would do way more than we can dream or imagine. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.